Surreal is. Hey! <laughs> yes. The lyrical ones, we got Michael Kim Eubanks, a multi-instrumentalist and songwriter whose sound traverses and bends different styles and generations. Michael likes to tell honest and interesting stories that gives others permission to do the same. Michael's previous projects include an alternative rock band and an R&B band, as well as directing music for a couple of local Bay Area churches. Michael also has an ongoing project called The Lament Project, a multimedia autobiographical and spiritual spiritual exploration, but with so much more to learn. Let's hear it from himself, Michael yeah. Eubanks. You know, y'all were making me sad because I was allergic to milk. So I I couldn't eat any of it. Like literally on Saturday morning, my dad would come down the stairs. He would pour a box of Cap'n Crunch. He pour the milk in, and then he would go back upstairs and sleep for another hour. Okay. I had to have oatmeal. Now, I love oatmeal. I still love oatmeal to this day. That was my thing, right? Like Me too. Right. But, but he, he did this Cap'n Crunch, and he would come back an hour later. He'd come back, and he had the same white Mercedes-Benz shirt like the sweatshirt that he wore every Saturday morning with these short shorts on. He's like a well-built guy. He's like 5'10", but he had like huge calves. So he'd like walk down the stairs, be like, hey, and you like, you trying to watch, what was I watching? What was I watching? I don't even know. I feel like it was Winnie the Pooh, Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, you know, that kind of deal. And he will eat that Cap'n Crunch and I would just be like, that looks so good. And then I would have a bite and I would start coughing. Cause it like triggered an asthmatic reaction in me. And I mean, with Captain yeah. Crunch, you won't really miss it much. That cut up the top of your roof in your mouth. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's neither here nor there. We're happy that you're here with us that's now. Good. That's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. It's great to be what, here. You. What that says is that your dad was a risk taker. First of all, eating that Captain Crunch and and rocking that you know that that oh, short yeah. oh, sweat yeah. long sleeve sweater. Yeah. Like there was you know, a short, long sleeve sweater with some short shorts. And then I'd be like, hey, let's play some basketball. And he would take me to the woodshed. I mean, he would just like back me down. I mean, I'm I was a thin, I was a thin kid, and he was just he wasn't messing around. So a lot of fundamental lessons being learned in your household, definitely. Oh, you you ain't getting no shortcuts, no, no. no breaks. They're gonna no. learn what world is all about right now. Right now. That's that's exactly right. <laughs> oh my! How are you doing this evening? How are you doing? I'm feeling excellent. I'm feeling real good. I was just talking to some to to two of my buddies, and you know, it's a weird life, right? Like one buddy's in in Washington, the other one's in Richmond. You know, we can't hang out, but you know, we're 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 gonna we're we're doing it. So I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. That's what's up. That's what's up. I mean, thank you for being here with us and, and, and you know, taking the time out to have this conversation with us. But more importantly, um, I mean, kind of kind of take us back like you do. You are a multi-instrumentalist, right? You're a songwriter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, from Captain Crunch and getting dogged out in basketball. Right. Where does music become the in the, you know, the aha? Like, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I want to do. When did that happen? Well, um, so what had happened was that um, 
my I was born into a divorce. Okay. I'm not trying to take you way back. I can go quick, you know, but I was born into a divorce, but my biological father was a musician. And so there's a, there's a, a genetic component to things, right? Um, In my mom's family who they basically raised me, uh, my mom's mom made all of her children play an instrument. They got to choose it. Um, funny story. One of my aunts was like, well, um, if I get to choose an instrument, I'm gonna try to choose one that you can't find a teacher for. So she was like, I want to play the accordion. And she thought she was hella clever. And then they found an accordion teacher three blocks from their house. (laughs) So she had to carry an accordion three blocks down the street every week for like four years. (laughs) You ain't getting no right. You just need to be strong. Nope. Cause you thought you was, you thought you were smart. You thought you had this on lock and then no, no, thank you. Um, So, you know, I think it was sort of by two, by the age of two, I'm in the I'm in the children's church choir. Right. By the age of four, I'm taking piano lessons. I grew up in L.A. um, when they still call this South Central. Um, I'm I'm taking piano lessons at L.A. City College. Um, And it's a wrap after that, like. I would come home from piano lessons like this is the best thing ever. Um, And between singing and playing the piano, I was good. And then they told me I could pick another instrument in elementary school. So I was like, I'm going to play the flute. And then I was not secure in myself in junior high school. If anybody was, you are a superior human. I was not. And so all these kids were making fun of me because I was the only boy in the flute section. And so I felt like I, I couldn't handle it. So I, I switched to trombone. So I played trombone. Yeah. And yeah. then I got bored of trombone. I don't know why. It's actually great. I actually picked it back up again for jazz band. But I got bored of trombone. I looked in the closet of our, of our, of our band room and I saw a French horn. And I was like, I want to play that. And my teacher's like, well, no one's playing it. So I took it home. My mom was like, what is that? I was like, I was a, it's a French horn. I'm going to learn how to play it. She was like, you, 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 you're strange. <laughs> and then two weeks later, I brought it back. I was like, um, Mr. Mr. Zelensky, I'm ready to play now. <laughs> and then later on, years later, everyone was like, you know, the French horn is like the hardest brass instrument to play. And I was like, no, it's fun. It's great. So I, I think, you know, everybody's got that thing where it just feels like this is the way you can make sense of the world. Like that's just instruments, right? So my most recent instrument is my most passionate instrument, which is a guitar. So I picked up the guitar in college um, and I've been playing a lot of guitar. And in fact, I, I have only gained more appreciation for it, especially recently um, because essentially there's a way that, as I am trying to kind of find a lot of love and grace for myself in a black body, I am realizing that um, basically like when black people invented the blues, they did it on the guitar. Um, And then the most famous guitar player no one's ever heard of is a black queer woman named sister Rosetta Tharp. Um, And I, I like watched her play and I was like, Oh, this is the real thing, right? 
So I think these days I play guitar kind of with a with a protest energy a little bit. Um, yeah. So which is, I think, you know, kind of pioneering anything. Right. It's got some protest yeah. energy to it. Yeah. You know, anytime I don't know. You, if anything, anytime create. You know, um, I would play something. I don't know if it's going to sound good is what I'm is what I'm. We don't know either. <laughs> we Do don't know either. But no, I, I mean, we down to go down that road, please, by all means, because Take I've lost there. my ability to play anything. So please, let's go. Let's do it. We would love to hear you. Oh, wow. You're ready with the white pearl. Oh, great. All right. We don't, we don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I have no idea. We're going we gonna to just, we're going to just see what happens. We got, that's right. We're just going to see what happens. Um, let's see. What do I need to do is the question. Stuff is plugged in. Here we go. We're going to try it out. Now, I'm not trying to be too loud, so you'll have to excuse me if some weird happens. I know that if I push those buttons and do that. So as we see here on episode 14 of the Lyrical Ones podcast, we are going to experiment live and in the recording. I think we should keep this. We should not lose this. This is fundamental for our growth. Yes, the Michael Kim Eubanks experiment on Lyrical Ones. You can you can hear you can hear my guitar or you can hear my voice right now i presume yes we can hear your voice yes great let me see if this guitar this guitar is let me see here oh i know why it's not working because sometimes you have to plug stuff in you know like that's, that's true that's a key component it is, it is a key component see it's gonna work remember, now the only question remember is guys, how it is <laughs> remember remember guys plug into the source before anything if you want right. to make sure you got the juice or you want to be heard when you want to hear yourself, go ahead and uh, plug into the source. Yeah, I mean, oh, I I hear it. I hear that hum. That yep, there's the hum. That hum. There's the hum. We can get that down. We can get that down. Okay, I heard that. Did you hear that? I did. Wee! I felt that. Okay. The facial expressions on everybody who who just felt it. We heard it. Okay. 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 Um, so, so these days, this is crazy. This is not what I expected to be doing, but this is, this is perfect. Um, <laughs> it is perfect. These days. Perfect. So I was talking about the lament project. Um, and, and June, you were, you were, you were introducing that. So basically it's 2014. I am doing kind of church ministry ish with, college students and summer 2014 is uh the murders of eric garner and michael brown and i don't know what to do with myself anymore i don't know how to function i have to i'm, I'm explicitly in this season doing ministry with black students like like there's there's several functions of the ministry that that i was in at the time i was in it with black students at the time I don't know what to do. I feel like, like my whole faith is falling apart because I learned in a lot of ways how to follow Jesus in a way that not so much actively, but passively in my case, told me that everything was just going to be okay. And that 
you know, God's going to take care of it. Right. And I just saw a lot of that not happening. Like I wasn't okay. A lot of people weren't okay. And people are, are dying and, and, and it just felt weird to me. Right. So I need a way to continue to hold on to my faith. Um, and I realize that I, I've, 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 it's kind of like, God, this can't be like it, right? Like I was like, is this the end of the line? Like, am I losing my faith? Is this, is this where it's happening? And then I read these, these, these things called lament Psalms in the Bible where, where the people of God are like, this is terrible. God save us now. Right. And it's very unambiguous. It's very clear what they're saying. And I was like, oh, wait, save us from what? And then I realized that the background program running in the whole Bible is a thing called empire. There is always an empire at work in the Bible. And I was like, what are they doing to them? Oh, they're enslaving them. Oh, <laughs> right. And then I'm like, well, what about Jesus? And I'm like, oh, this is the worst one. <laughs> like the Roman Empire is designed to create peace through violence. It's designed to make people quiet through intense, violent poverty and violent physical destruction. Um, and so I don't want to I don't. So all that to say, I was like, OK, I'm good. I'm good. Like. Like when I see Jesus on the cross now, I'm like, no, that's Jesus being killed by the confluence of powers between the temple that was insecure and Rome that was insecure. And they just wanted power. And Jesus was like, well, I'm going to confront your power with nonviolent resistance by loving the poor. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, I had to start writing songs about that. <laughs> Like, in order for me to stay sane and to stay grounded, I just had to write songs about that. Um, so, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sing you I'm gonna sing you. Wow, this is crazy. I'm gonna sing you something I wrote yesterday. Okay. Um, Thank you. You know. Thank. You so and much. and I'm just gonna sing like, you know. I don't know how far I'm going to get into it because it's not really done. But one of the things I like as an artist is situations like this, because often pressure will make you finish things in, 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 in a way that you're like, Oh, I like that. And then sometimes you don't. Um, um, so I don't have a title for this, um, but I'll tell you the first two lines and then maybe you might get it. The first two lines are, we are not your donors. We are not your atoning sacrifice. Um, so, all right, let's see. Let's see. We're experimenting here, right? So, we are not your donors. We are not your atoning sacrifice our blood won't clean your filthy hands can't wash away the sins of our troubled land 
Jesus, Lamb of God, your blood is what saves us. Your resurrection is our freedom, Jesus, Lamb of God. Killed by the temple and the empire, rose again to mock their violent desires. Oh, there is life in the life of Jesus, in the blood and resurrection in Jesus. So stop killing us. We are not your donors. Your atoning sacrifice. Yes. Yes. Absolutely remarkable. It so this this puts me in like 1968 right now, right? Mm -hmm. It puts me it puts me right in it. Mm -hmm. Um, it puts me right in the summer '68. Uh, okay, wow. I wasn't, I wasn't ready to time travel. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't ready for um, uh, an anthem. I wasn't ready for everyone's heart to come out of that. Um, you know, so poignantly, so powerfully, so like precisely, um, with like acute acute pain um yeah yeah the, like thank you for like for like voicing it like you know scoring it just just right um like so 2014 to now here to now. you know to, to now here we are right so literally you say zero zero ad zero one ad yeah to now yeah right the empire is you know on the same hype it's like same it, if i if i give up my power it means that you will, might be lifted up yep yep like isn't that crazy though but like here's the thing like i love and hate this moment we're having right now right like like i love it because what I think people are realizing who are kind of like trying to keep some semblance of faith in this season is like the old, you know, there's an old expression uh, in the Bible about wineskins, right? Like you, you know, you try to put new wine in an old wineskin and it breaks, right? Like that's, I think people are discovering that there is a faith that we have been given, a lot of us have been given over the past 50 years in America. And, and it is insufficient for this moment. It is completely insufficient for this moment. It, it is a faith that, that is very violent. It is a faith that is very economically stratified. Um, it is a faith that is that, that, you know, one of the things I believe is that for, for people, we are distinct, but we're also relational, right? 
Um, and in a lot of ways, I think the American space, the white American space is far too individualistic. Um, and so what you have now is you have this moment coming where what we need from people is mutuality. Like we need, we need shared struggle. Um, what we need is a sense of, of, of shared communal sacrifice, right? Not martyrdom and not the suffering of the empire that we choose, but we need to say, no, 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 I'm going to give my life of my own accord. Like Jesus says, like I'm, I'm giving of my life in this community. Um, and, and, and it's for us, it's for us to lift each other up. Right. And where are we finding that? We're finding that on the streets. We're finding that in the movements that have been doing work for a long time. And the, and the church is moved, right? Like the church is moved. It's in the streets. Uh, <laughs> just like, like that is my observation right now. And so I feel like part of what I want to do is, is almost to, 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 you know, my wife and I are co-pastors. And so part of what we want to do is make space for people to know, like in this moment, you can find God, you're going to have to evacuate from some white supremacy. Like it's going to be real hard for you because that's just what we know, all of us, right? Um, but I want to write stuff and make space for people to say, oh yeah, like I'm in it, right? And I need to leave. Or yeah, I believe that. And you know what? I need to get out, right? Um, I'm here for that kind of self reflection and that kind of honesty like i'm here for all that um so i feel like that's kind of the space that 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 i that i want to make that i want to see um that i'm proud to be a part of yeah thank you thank you michael because you're you're right i want to add to that it's like because it's not just for the believer right it's it's for anyone that thinks they're doing good yes Right. And it's anyone that says I am an ally of this marginalized group. Yep. Right. Because the black man writes who says he's an ally to the, the black woman. Right. They have to say, well, am I am I doing it right? Or is the way I'm doing it some like structure of white supremacy? Yep. Right. Yep. Is the way that I see the person next to me. Right. Diluted to where the lens that I'm looking through isn't even my own, mm. Mm. right? It's mm -hmm. something that I adopted, right? That I'm assimilated into, mm -hmm. right? And right, what I see, the otherness that I see, right? Like comes from something that was given to me through trauma. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right? that's say that. Cause, right, so, yeah. That's good. That's really good. And I feel like, like for myself, part of the reason why from 2014 to now, I feel like I have words and some freedom is because I've had to dial back into some trauma. Like I've had to say, like, I've had to go around the well again, go around the onion again for another layer and be like, you know, what, what, what are those mama issues exactly? Right. Like we can't pretend like those aren't a part of the complex. Right. So I, I, I love that. Because your line when you say we are not your atoning sacrifice is like. Indigenous woman. Yep. Black trans woman. Yep. Like like infant. 
right, with no voice, elderly with no voice, right? It's like anyone that you can look look over or leave out. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. because they are killed, right? Now we have a reason to stand up. Mm. Like because because they are because they are murdered now. There's a movement behind mm. a a life that didn't have to go, and right a loss that we didn't that we didn't really need for us. It's like when when men say, "Oh, because I had a daughter, I'm gonna see the world differently. I'm gonna see women differently." It's like you had the whole time. It's like when Lex Luthor got Superman powers for a day, and then he sped it up, and as he's losing them, he says. I could have saved the world. And Superman <laughs> is like, if you, if you, if you wanted to save the world, Lex, you're so smart that you could have saved this anyway. Yeah, that's right. And that's we're right. sitting here, we're sitting here with with Jesus and in, in, in our pews, with Jesus sitting next to us, laying down in the street across from us. Yep. Like the close, they say the closest you get to God is the person across from you, right? The quickest way to God, right, is the is the person in front of you. Yeah. Um, because God says, you know, what you do for these, the least of these, right? You do for me. And so, like, yeah. I hear, I hear so many voices in that line. We are not your atoning sacrifice. Mm. Um, I see. I hear so many people. I hear. I hear so much loss just in this year, right? When you talk about atoning sacrifice, it's like whatever people die to, whatever you want to name it, whatever kind of coronavirus it is, novel, new or something they reintroduced right exactly whatever it is people are dying yeah and and like the way we come together is not by distancing ourselves from everyone's struggle it's but like you say it's it's learning everyone's struggle yeah 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 no i mean it's it's super super powerful especially given the conversation we just had with Lexi to now go into this conversation where you're using the kind of the horn, the signal, if you will, to to get people to see, right? Like as soon as you hit those strings, emotions are struck, right? And I think that's the most profound thing about it is that, you know, being being black in America, historically, music was you know, it ain't no was, it's always been ours, right? Yep. Yep, yep. When it comes to American music, it is black. There's yeah. no denying it. When you take it to the to the, you know, the Yankee Doodle and all that, the man who wrote those songs literally saw music from black people working, copied it, resold it, and he still ended up pouring broke. Mm-hmm. So when you sit up here and you you look at every song, every genre, everything you've ever listened to within the American context that is black fundamentally from the ground up there ain't no american music industry there's nothing there's no pop music there's no blues no jazz there is nothing right you don't get a frank sinatra without us yeah and i think with your words and what you're touching on and how you're bringing the past 2020 years yeah that we've been living in that we have been existing in there's nothing more profound than understanding when we say 2020 it's not just the year it's how many years it's been yeah 
And here we are now, 2000 years later, and something that is so profound that people want to use as a tool, right? Some yeah. use it for division, some use it for community, some use it in so many different ways. But when you really look at the story and you really understand what it encompasses and what it's talking about, we're still in it. We're still in it. Like I told, I told someone today, like, like, you know, the dynamics of empire are old, right? We're in the white supremacist version right now. But this is, this is, this is, you know, millennia old, like the, these dynamics, right? Um, you know, as you were talking, um, I was thinking about a book, uh, that, that I read, um, it's called blues people. Um, it's by a pretty important guy, Amiri Baraka. Um, and it tells that story. It tells the story of the music of America from the perspective of black folks. And he just weaves through these passages of blues music and how blues music got popular and what kind of racism the artist had to deal with to get on a label and how they were like race labels. I think that, I don't know if that's the actual term for it, but there are labels that would only sign black people, right? Like it was the labels for black people. Um, right. And how revolutionary Chuck Berry really was like that. What, what Chuck Berry did is unheard of like it like like it's chuck berry and then basically it's chance the rapper like in terms of like i will buck all of the system i will do it i will create my own lane i will make my own way for my own stuff and then i'm gonna bring all my friends with me right like you know um i'm gonna bring donnie trumpet on with me like it's gonna be a thing we're gonna do this right like it was so incredible for him to do that and and really you know the one of the heroes i have rosetta tharp like she died in pain and sad and and manipulated far before she was celebrated and just a you know a warning to the brothers sister rosetta tharp was you know she grew up in the church and her first manipulator was her first husband a, a black man so i just feel like you know, there, there is a, there's always a cautionary tale for me, <laughs> right? Uh, wherever, wherever I stand in terms of like the, the kind of patriarchy that I have learned to be in and the way that I unlearn that her life is but one cautionary tale, but there are many. Um, but I just feel like, like you said, the music is everything. The music is everything. Um, the other thing I told somebody is like, for the most part, black folks don't have a, a, a specific language, right? Like there are a lot of, of, of folks that come to this country forced or otherwise, and they're coming from another place and they have a language. And we don't really have a sense of what that is for us anymore. Like we were, that was taken away from us completely. But what we do have is music. What we do have is art. What we do have are images. What we do have is style, right? We have fashion, right? Like there's all these nonverbal dialects of blackness that we that that speak to us, that 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 do a thing that feels like it's a native language to us. Um, that that I just love. I love it. I love it so much. Um, that's part of the reason I love music in that way. You know, definitely I, I share I share the sentiments. 
as a singer songwriter, Michael E. Banks, it feels as if, um, because I've, I've written songs as well, it's almost as if you have a responsibility mm. to the culture uh, as well as to yourself to, to express um, life or some may say mm -hmm. express your art uh, from your viewpoint um, to make sure that the truth, your truth is being ex expelled and being seen and acknowledged. So I would say um, in the same fashion that uh, Chuck Berry was uh, using all of his multi-facets of being musically inclined, you are doing just the I same, I appreciate sir. that. I, that's, that's some high praise, it, it, truly, truly. But but I think it's 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 so important, like especially right now, like especially in this moment, I'm looking for all the artists that are giving us language to kind of stay grounded in this moment, right? Um, like I, when I talk to people from age thirty to seventy, especially old old heads, you know, the 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 uncles, the the grandpas, right? Like I got some folks, they're like, this is this is not a drill right like like this is not a drill we're here now this is this is the next one and i'm like oh, oh, oh okay okay right like i needed them to tell me because <laughs> i wasn't gonna like sound an alarm this is the next movement of america like i'm 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 too young to be saying that but when my elder tells me that i'm like okay we're here okay cool <laughs> um and and you're right. Like there is a responsibility in this moment. Like it's it it is joyful, but it's not for fun. Like I just got to say, like there's a lot of joy, and also there's there's some work to be done. Come on, y'all, y'all, y'all done got on me. I'm you're trying right. to give y'all that right. time. Oh no. <laughs> You ain't got to defend. You don't have to defend your silence, brother. You don't have to defend de defend your silence at all. Now, um, uh, Michael, I wanted to to know how you and your wife are mm -hmm. using uh, music um, in your co-pastorship yeah. um, to to speak to your um, your congregation in this time. Yeah, that's a good question. And in fact, you know if with with us being on zoom i think we're using music a lot less and so personally what i'm trying to do is is make sure i'm attentive to these moments where i'm i'm expressing what i think are these like small slivers of moments and then trying to put it out there as much as i can um, i'm trying to figure out how to do that because i've never really like to be honest like i made a lot of music over the course of my life I've never, I've always relied on like a, a physical audience to tell a story. So I feel like I'm behind in that way. Um, so I'm, I'm playing a little catch up in that way. But as far as at our church, um, I think we're actually trying to use more than music. Um, one of the things that uh, we're trying right now is kind of a centering via images right? Like, I feel like a lot of the church space right now is heavy on words. People are trying to explain stuff, trying to break down what's going on. And I feel like actually what, what we do is we're trying to use other media 
and silence, right? Like, I think that people just need a moment of silence to be able to dial into themselves right now. Um, and to just be like, what's happening for me? Like, what, what is my body telling me? What is the spirit telling me? What am I feeling? How am I being agitated? How am I being moved? And to answer that for yourself, right? Like, you don't need us to tell you that. Like, like, like that's the thing. Like, we, we need to, like, we, we exist in community. And so there's a way that, that, that we bring that into a communal space. But also, we just need the space to dial in and say what's happening for ourselves. So silence is important for us. We're trying stuff with images right now. Um, there's a couple of artists doing some really dope stuff, uh, visual artists that we're trying to kind of engage and just say, like, again, let's engage another sense. Um, and then, um, you know, I we have a pretty radical, this is going to sound old school, but you just go with me. Um, we have a pretty radical view of, of communion, you know, the bread and the wine, right? If if Jesus was a guy that was executed because of a conspiracy between the empire and the temple, then when we celebrate communion, it's really what you were talking about, where where it's like, where do I go? Like, like where is Jesus? Jesus is with the suffering. Jesus is with those who are sick. Jesus is with those who are mourning, who are grieving. So when we take communion, it's actually a moment of solidarity, right? Um, and actually, before we got to this church, it was actually this church's convictions about communion, wherein, like, it's supposed to actually be a meal, right? Like, in a, in a lot of the history of the church, this thing is actually supposed to be accompanied by an actual feast, right? And our church noticed, like, there are some people not being fed. So they started a food pantry right? Like the food pantry is an act of communion. It's an act of saying, we believe that everyone should be physically fed, right? And we're not trying to spiritualize anything. Like people need to eat. So that was started a while ago. Um, it's still happening on our facility. It's actually the only thing happening on our facility right now. It happens every Thursday night. And, and they've seen a 50% increase since March, since COVID time, right? Wow. So- I think communion is that other thing that that is this moment of intense solidarity. And it's it's kind of sad that we're not together because well, when we do it, it's it's a, it's a together moment. We get up out of our seats, we go and we and we and we like embrace each other. It's this moment of reminding ourselves in our body that we're a community, right? Um so I think those are those are the things right now kind of beyond the music because music over Zoom is average at best. It, 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 you know, it's okay, but you know, um, but we're leaning into other stuff because we have the opportunity to try some stuff. Nice. So, so where's this church at? Just, just to put San Leandro, California, my friends, San Leandro, we're on Bancroft Avenue. Um, you know, um, if folks that are, that are nearby San Leandro want to volunteer at the food pantry, um, you can hit me up because, um, it's actually, it, it started from the church and now it's its own nonprofit, uh, but the church still is very much connected to it and they need some volunteers. In fact, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to give my time. Cause um, you know, I got two babies and we had to figure out, you know, 
the babies. Are the babies going to be okay? <laughs> real, uh, real quick, so we can put it down and um, share it. Yeah. Where, uh, where can they reach out to you for, like, say, people got time tomorrow at yeah. such and such? What time is the food pantry tomorrow? It is six to eight every Thursday. And so, what you want to do is, um, you can check out Bethel-Community.org. Bethel-community.org. And we have a place, uh, um, a spot on our website called, I think it's called Partners. Um, and they're one of the partners. So you can email them directly and they'll get back to you. Um, they're, yeah. they're in need of volunteers. And so they're not, they're not going to tell you no. And it's not rocket science. You get people bags of, of vegetables and you help people get fed. Michelle. Well, thank you so much for meeting with us. And really, uh, you've fed us musically. You've fed us in, in, a, in the sense, spiritually a bit, in this whole conversation that we've all been engaging with. I definitely feel a little bit more refreshed. So I I want to thank everyone for, for just being here, for being present. No, definitely, definitely. And, and you know, I just want to also kind of, I mean, I, I do want to know, how did it end up being San Leandro of all places? I mean, you saying you came from what was once called South Central, yeah, to so now yeah. being in San Leandro, and you yeah. are a black man. Yeah. So please, can you kind of give us some insight to that well, journey? It was an accident. I just gotta say. So, uh, I was in South Central. I went to UCLA. I was around UCLA for a long time. Um, my wife and I met on a blind date, but she was up here. She was in Berkeley. So we dated for a while and then I moved up here and, and we were in Berkeley for a long time. Um, I think we were in Berkeley almost 10 years and then life twisted us around and we ended up kind of in the Eden area. So we were working at a church at Castro Valley Hayward and then got sent to San Leandro. And when we got to San Leandro, I have a habit of wanting to know the history of the places I live. And I looked up the history and I was like, what? This place is racist. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we're finding that out now because the police keep killing people in San Leandro and my wife is very involved in some activism. And so we're we're doing it. <laughs> we're doing it. I mean, you talk about the call to action. You are in the place to be. I mean, yeah. that's why I said it the way I did, because it, yeah. it is one of those things that, uh, you know, if you don't know, you know, it's 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 easy to overlook what's going on everywhere. And, you know, you, you just look underneath a rock. You're going you're going to find something. And I think that's kind of the crucial component to you being in San Leandro and having the message, you showing up the way that you are doing the things that you do. And it's important, like, you know, understand like San Leandro is within the Bay Area, kind of, you know, what we would call the Bay Area. But you don't often hear it brought up in the news. You don't really see it make the headlines. But there is things happening all the time. And so, you know, the power of you being able to be with us this evening and saying those things and being who you are and showing up the way that you have highlights the layers, the complexities of what we all are traveling through and what we're all dealing with. Cause yeah. you know, it just to highlight it, we got to do it. If you didn't know, there's a Jersey on the screen that says Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever, for real, for real, you know, the, the importance of Chadwick Bosman and all the roles he's played, but not just to to highlight what he's done, but what he was dealing with while he was doing it, right? 
everyone has a struggle. Reserve some space to give a person that that ability to go through their struggle because it's easy to be on the outside looking in and and, and you want to say what it's like. You don't know because it's not your life. And I think that's that's pivotal and, and, and crucial at a time like this where, you know, you you are exploring with us and showing us so much. But we have to really be mindful of our kinship to each other and giving us that space and compassion, that empathy to understand I'm going through something. You could very well be going through your own thing. And Chadwick Bosman is someone who we lost as a collective, as a community, as a whole, as a figure that we all looked up to in different capacities. But he had his own battle. He had his own fights while he showed up for us, while he carried the weight of us on his back. And I think that's kind of important that we really take that into account. And, you know, given the the last week that we had, because that that topped off a week of loss after loss after loss. So, you know, before anything else, let's have a moment of silence for everyone that we've lost, including Chadwick Bosman in this time. Often we do this and it happens more than enough. It's one thing when it's done through natural causes. It's another thing when it's done through tragedy. And I think that, you know, for all of us, especially in what you what you were singing, what you what you gave us. And what what Alfluent said, right, like I need to value and fight for you while you're here. I need to show up for you while you're in front of me. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to engage after the fact right you you know we often say you don't know how good you got it till it's gone and we lose so much that we need to stop going with when it's gone and we need to go with appreciating and 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 giving ourselves to when it's here Mm -hmm. right really understanding the power in everything that there is in existence not when it's no longer here and we don't Mm -hmm. have access to it don't be selfish with it right appreciate it take that time out really connect build talk to see validate acknowledge that person because right now we don't know what everybody going through right you got to take care of the babies and the babies are going to learn through your practice and how you are and that's how that's for all the babies yeah but it's it's more important for me to uplift and honor and value what you're doing in front of me versus anything happening beyond that and you know that's kind of where hopefully we come from every time we come this week after every week it's about community it's about each other it's about building it's about exploring and discovering and i think that you know for me i i'm uplifted i know i need this every week but you know i appreciate you giving us so much of yourself in these in this moment and really just giving us a whole vibe and a mood because I'm like, man, I got I got to go do some reading. I got to go. I got to go listen to some songs. I got to, you know, I got to dig deeper in my own, you know, history to really redefine my present. And I appreciate that. And thank you for being here with us. I mean, is there is there anything else you would like to highlight and uplift at this time? Um, Y'all are amazing. This is this is I mean, I love the lyrical family. I just, it's just, it's been a great space. Um, um, and I love who you are. And um, 
my Instagram is eubanksme, E-U-B-A-N-K-S-M-E. Uh, that's kind of the place where I'm trying to drop a lot of stuff these days. Um, I feel like that's that's it's fun to be on Instagram right now. I'm really enjoying kind of that space. Um, and then I will, uh, I'd be remiss if I did not tell you that um, my wife is brilliant and that if you are trying to understand kind of, you know, justice issues from a particular lens she's writing about that on her medium page um um erina is her name e-r-i-n-a um so uh, you can look up erina kim eubanks on medium and you will be able to you'll you'll get some knowledge she'll 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 drop some on you so um this is great this is amazing no, definitely. I mean, we definitely gonna have to get a concert. We are gonna have to get you for yes. our, our yeah. first Friday pop off or something. Cause you, you didn't change the whole focus of where I'm trying to take this. <laughs> that so that's what happened to me. I saw I hear these chords right. I hear these first strings, and <laughs> like my camera, everything around me just starts like floating. <laughs> it's like everything is now like weightless around me. <laughs> as like the show itself right is we've we've gone somewhere else now june june we're, <laughs> we're we're somewhere different now so like june was in the studio a few weeks ago and mm. i was like oh man the show is some something different mm. and and then we had like some stories being told some asian american stories being told and um we had stay on and the show went somewhere else and then then tonight we have Lexi and Michael come on and he plays these strings after what Lexi just finished saying and like we we've gone somewhere else and it's and it's trippy to me to like to see that happen cuz like what i get like i think most like what i take away from you tonight is that we cannot, like the elders told you, like we cannot let this time go without creators creating. That's um, it. Like, period. Like, because I think when I think about design per person and then collectively, um, and we talked about, um, Lexi talked about our roles in fighting for freedom. Um, and everyone's role being important, then right, every creator's role is definitely important because the creator then is someone who hopes, mm. right? Right, because they're creating out of something that's not necessarily there, yep, un until they create it, yep. Um, and their lens is unique to them and their experience and their traumas and their, their growth, and so we can't now we can't like let this time if it's 1968 and 2020 right then we do all have a responsibility um to go into our space our room our corner our 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 npc our keyboard our our notepad like wherever we where wherever we create our canvas whatever it looks like right and then go off mm. um whether you share it or not, it doesn't need to stay in you. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I think that's what I'm loving about like the like the multitude of podcasts and the multitude of platforms that now the internet is becoming something that it always should have been, I think. Um and now we have the opportunity with life a little slower for some to listen. Um and whenever I write something, I'm telling you where I come from. If right, if you tell if you wrote something yesterday, right, then you're telling me your about your journey from then to today. Yep. Right. Um, and then everything before that, of course, comes with you. But, and, you know, as soon as I create something, right, then yeah, I'm, I'm telling you about my life and I'm telling you where I'm coming from. So I'm telling you my history. Right. Yeah. Um, and like our history, yes, is important for like where we're going. But like our history, I think it's listening to each other's history. Right. It's, it's how we learn about each other. Right. It's, and then it's how we love each other. Right. Mm. It's like when when you go around and listen to people like you're loving them. Um, People's now is listening to tomorrow's history. So that's it. just recreate. We're recreating history as we speak. Yes. yes. But uh, I do have a little request. It doesn't have to be now, but yes. typically yes. when we sign yes. off. We do a lyrical one song, but I was going to ask Mr. Michael Kim Eubanks if there was something on his heart he wanted to play before we all skedaddle for the evening, but it doesn't happen. No, there's no rush. Um, you know, let me see. 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 What do I want to do? What do I want to do? Oh, that's what I want to do. Okay. So there's, um, there's an artist named Reverend Seku. Um, you should, you should find him. He is brilliant. He's, um, he is some kind of African, uh, that grew up in Arkansas and he's about five feet, four inches tall. Um, you, you, you should look up his tiny desk. He, um, there's a song written by the peace poets who are an artist collective in New York city and he sung this song it's called neighbor um so let me see let me see let me see let me see um all right it goes like this i can hear my neighbor crying Saying I can't breathe Now I am in the struggle Saying I can't leave We're calling out the violence Of the racist police And we ain't gonna stop Until the people are free we're calling out the violence of the racist police and we ain't gonna stop until the people are free Ashe, thank you episode 14 lyricist ones this has been an amazing and powerful night. This is crazy. This is this is everything I needed it to be. You are with us. We are with you. Michael, thank you so much. 
and and thank you for taking the time out for experimenting with us in the moment and giving us what we needed this was healing this was nourishing this was fulfilling to the soul and you know the the as we take it back to what lexi was saying around code switching it's really understanding the love language that that needs to be conversed or communicated with whoever we are talking to Mm. and in this moment in time the love language is very clear has been spoken profoundly and it is highly appreciated so if there's anybody with any closing thoughts or closing words please by all means this is the time to let it fly i want to thank my co-hosts uh junie b Senio Sin. Uh, I want to thank our guests tonight, um, Michael Kim Eubanks and Lexi Butler. Um, just want to thank the ancestors, like literally, if you you know, just define them as, as those folks who are not with us no more, um, for for supporting us, uh, for lifting us up and um, putting putting us on our on their shoulders. Um, and I'm just in a place of gratitude. I think. Um, right now because it's interesting like when you move in your your purpose and then and then get to see other people moving in their purpose and then in their in their design um because i think that's when you can see like the world changing um so like for me it's like when people say you you know where's the change happening what do you you know what's next i think um today is next um <laughs> you know tomorrow is next you know waking up and you know, listening to what's calling you and calling to your spirit and to your heart. Um, and, you know, when you're taking those moments um, where you have somebody in front of you and treating it as, as precious, because, you know, now we're in a space where we don't have as many people in front of us um, or the way that we are in front of each other is different now, is digital, but it's not less precious. Um, and so I thank you, you know, for being a part of this precious moment with me, guys, and allow me to be here. I love it. Lyrical ones, one four, double sevens. We made it. That's two. That's that's two weeks of no, it's not. It's fourteen um, weeks. For, fourteen we days can. is fourteen days is two weeks. Um, we, you know, three months and a, three and a half months in. Um, that's nice. You know who knew we get this far? Um, who knew we get this far? You see, and they just keep getting better. This is your commute podcast. This is us rounding it up for the night. You know, if you got a long commute, um, we thank you for being a essential worker. Um, <laughs> if you don't have a long commute and you just got gardening and a, a babysitting and homeschooling to do, and you put us on in the background, um, we didn't get no cussing in tonight, so we this is a good episode to listen to with your kids. Um, yep. yeah, thanks for being here. We love you, Lyrical Ones. Lyrical Ones, we out. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever.